Hello, Nintendos. Welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Christina. I'm James. And I am Michael. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Happy birthday. Oh, is it your birthday? No. <laughs> no, that's the 3rd was... of March. <laughs> what, were you confused, Christina? Yeah. No. Well, Christina's back on the pod. She, uh, she was, was away Christina's for the birthday? holidays. Yeah, it's Christina's no. birthday. Oh, happy um, birthday. No, happy, <laughs> happy birthday. birthday. So happy we're all birthday. back together. We got some good stuff to chat about this year, thankfully. Hopefully oh, this yeah. will be, we were, we were talking off the podcast. We're, we're all very hopeful that this is the year. Yes. Yeah, the the best year to year. You know, you the, the it's a great year because you no longer have to sign your checks twenty twenty. You can just put twenty one. I realize yes, that twenty one. Yeah. Amazing. Probably do that wrong <laughs> for about a month. Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's what happens. You're like, ah, <laughs> it's not. And then a zero does not look like a one, no matter what you do. You can't. You can't. You can't unfix you can't that. Fix it. You can't fix yeah. it. You New check. It's got to start all over. No uh, checks. You know checks. They are <laughs> checks. Remember say. checks. Oh, well, you know what's not expensive is well, maybe it is if you were to one get vaccinated, B fly like all it the would way to be Japan. Very expensive. C get a hotel. And then <laughs> go and actually get on the brand new Yoshi's ride at Super Nintendo World in Japan. Oh my goodness. I'm super excited about this. I watched the video last night, which has now been taken down, so you don't get to see it anymore. But I got I to see it last night. It was super duper exciting. Um, we got to see the special direct of the park. The one thing we didn't get to see is any of the rides in action. We have got to see the Mario Kart headsets. We haven't necessarily got to see how it plays there. However, we did get an update from um, Universal Studios that someone took some footage. Like it must be just doing testing right now or something like that. But it is of the brand new uh, Yoshi's ride. And this is more of a they have these all the time at, at Disney World, but it's sort of a a sit down slow ride. I'm going to call it a slow ride where it's just taking the environment around you. Story, story picture, story box, story, storybook book, a storybook ride. That's what it is. Storybook ride. They have like the Peter Pan one at Disney world mm -hmm. and all the other ones. So you're kind of going like this and it's a, it's just a moving cart and it's going forward and you're riding these Yoshis and yeah, it's pretty chill looking ride. There's a bunch of Yoshis around you. There's some toads, there's some Pikmin, um, I think all around inside of this little world, but it's sort of telling a world of Yoshi in a way um, along the way. So it's it's kind of cool. Now, one thing we didn't get to see is is actually if there's interactive aspects, and it does look like it because inside of the ride, there are some of Yoshi eggs colors. So I'm imagining that there's some things are happening around you that you can interact with the world and make happen. But this looks like just like another kind of slow type of ride, kind of chill type of ride, um, not compared to the Mario Kart one, which is the one I'm super excited about. But it does look really cool because, you know me, I love Nintendo and Mario worlds around me. I, I'm not like the biggest Yoshi fan in the entire world, but I do like Yoshi. I'm more of a Nintendo or Mario fan than the two of you, but I still think it looks pretty cool and I still want to ride it, even though it's a slow ride. Yeah, yeah, it definitely looks like a, a relaxed. I was thinking more like um, Disney World had a people mover. And that's what mm. it kind of makes me think. You just kind of get in and just chill out. Maybe, uh, 
you know, this is the one where you'd get on in Florida if you needed to cool off and go mm. through the AC a little bit or something like that. You would just jump on one of these and kind of relax. Mm. But it seems a little uh, skewing children. This is definitely for, like you said, a younger audience with this ride in particular. This would have been a perfect one where they could have incorporated some interaction. Maybe, you know, not. I don't know how they would do it, but... Um, I think, what is it, like Men in Black ride where you're in something like this and you're going through this story, but you have these blasters and you're trying to get a score. Mm. Disney has one that was done for Toy Story. Yeah, Same cool. idea. You're like moving through and kind of blasting shoe and competing against other people in the cart. So it kind of had that interactive where even though it was a ride that you're just sort of basically sitting and just kind of taking in the atmosphere, there was that level of interaction and competitiveness and kind of just fun. And I hope that's in this because it's 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 Nintendo, right? Like you would think there'd be some sort of they they talked about how the park had those like really cool interactive moments scattered around the park. It would seem like a waste of real estate in what is already kind of a condensed park to have something that's literally just sitting and not doing much of anything at all. So it would be cool to see a little bit more. I'm, it's crazy they took the video down already, but I guess they don't want people to. Uh, you know, to, to kind of pass that around. They want you to get there and experience it the way they want you to experience it. So I guess that makes sense. But, um, yeah, I, I just hope there's more that we're not seeing. That's all. Yeah. I did watch the video last night. I don't know if either of you actually got a chance to watch it. it. It was definitely someone's cell phone, right? Cause it it was not a great video. It like kept turning it. Yeah. Yeah. But I did notice that like there were little Yoshi sounds when you would pass by. It's pretty much that's pretty much all I saw from it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yoshi. I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of videos like that soon enough. Yoshi. Uh, there is a video game historian named Leon Robertson who has this YouTube channel called Did You Know or Yeah Did You Know Gaming, and he has a series called Game History Secrets. And in a video he posted at the end of December, I think it was December 26th, he shared this months long investigation to look into what happened to this thing called the work boy, which was an add on for the original game boy. Uh, it was an accessory that would basically kind of turn your game into a PDA. So you'd have things like an address book and a calculator and appointment book. Um, and there was a couple other things I'll mention later. Um, but the work boy itself is just this little tiny keyboard, like like picture, like um, not Bluetooth phone. Like a not a flip phone either. What was the ones where it was like sideways and you'd flip it up? Sidekick, uh, sidekick, like sidekick. Yeah, sidekick. So it's kind of like a, a a fat sidekick keyboard <laughs> that just basically plugs right into the Game Boy, and it had about twelve apps. Um, I think I mentioned a few, and then there was a, a phone book, an appointment book, stuff like that. But considering this was done in the early nineties, it was super ahead of its time. It was designed by Source Research and Development. And produced by a company named Fabtech Inc. in close collaboration with Nintendo. It was officially trademarked by Nintendo of America in 1992 and actually made an appearance at CES in 1992 as well. It got quite a a bit of good publicity after that, but very soon after it just disappeared. According to one of the Workboy's creators, Eddie Gill... Uh, the Workboy was originally planned to release late 1992 and early 1993 for around 79 to $89. US dollars. But there are quite a few issues when it came to actual production, so it never actually went to pu- came out to the public. Um, and this was so, – so there was a couple reasons, and they kind of connect. So the biggest reason was cost. 
because seventy nine to eighty nine dollars for some for like an add on, that's about how much the Game Boy originally cost. And by the time the Work Boy would have came out, there would have been a price drop for the Game Boy. So the Work Boy would have ended up being more expensive than the actual Game Boy itself. And another issue that caused the the cost to not be able to be reduced at all was there was a big uh, factory explosion at a computer chip factory in Japan. And so the demand for computer chips was super high and they just couldn't like negotiate to bring the price down to those at all. Later, uh, Gil, the creator, did go back to work on a Workboy 2 for the Game Boy Advance and it would be able to do email, web browsing, web processing and stuff like that. But it just it never made it to the finish line. It was never completed. Uh, Gil said that there were only two Workboy prototypes left in the world that he knew of. One is probably deep in the vaults of Nintendo, so nobody can ever see it or touch it. <laughs> and the other one is actually in possession of Frank Ballows, who is the founder of Fablic, the company that um, actually produced the Workboy. And Robertson, the guy doing these videos, actually was able to connect with Ballows, and Ballows basically just mailed him his Workboy so he could test it out on his Game Boy. And... This is when it gets kind of crazy because he he in the video, he actually shows himself like unboxing it, I guess, and like plugging it in. But literally nothing happens. All that happens is there's a little speaker on the back of the work boy that beeps a bunch because that's the alarm. You can like use it as an alarm clock. And that was just the alarm going off. And that's all that could happen. So while the work boy was great and it worked when you plugged it in, sort of, you also needed a cartridge with software on it to actually use the work boy. And at the time when he got the Workboy in the mail, it didn't have a cartridge, so he could there wasn't anything he could do with it. But if you guys remember, there was the huge giga leak that happened recently, and a bunch of people were, were you know sifting through it, and they actually found all the Workboy software. So Robertson was able to take all that software, put it on a cartridge, plug it in, and the thing actually worked. And he wow. like shows himself using it, and he got to show all the different um, things that he was going through. So it's so cool to see this thing that you know, made it so close to production, but didn't actually end up being made um, coming to life on a, on a Game Boy. It's really cool. So I definitely recommend checking out that channel because they have a lot of other videos like that. And just to, to read it, it's called Did You Know Gaming? All one word with a question mark at the end. Um, so it was just a really cool story to follow and wanted to share it. Yeah, very, very cool. It's yeah. kind of crazy uh, <laughs> that this even was a thing, you know, looking at it, especially it's who... <laughs> Who would even use this thing? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, let me just pull out my work boy. And you have to like <laughs> plug it in and fire up your Game Boy and for whatever it is that you could actually do on it. But so cool that Nintendo plays around with this kind of stuff. And it's also cool because Gil, actually, I was watching the video and, and later on he mentions how even though Nintendo didn't end up using this, he ended up actually working for Nokia for a little while and took mm -hmm. this concept and actually built, there was like a Nokia processing thing and it kind of looked similar except it's kind of like the precursor to the cell phone because it has a screen and it has this like keyboard that comes out of the bottom of it. It's really cool. And that was actually made. So yeah, just nice. interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's, it's really neat. I think Nintendo is has always been experimenting with a lot of different things, especially in that era, mm -hmm. too. I mean, especially in Japan, there's a lot of things like early NES things that would connect to the Internet and download games and cartridges. And, you know, they had the 3D printer and we had the little webcam. And we've had all sorts of little gizmos and gadgets and attachments. And, you know, I think that for Nintendo, it's it's always try to break into the business aspect would be, you know, is, is a good money opportunity. So I could definitely see, like, why this was in a collaboration of some sort. So I think it's really neat, actually, um, that they found it. I watch I watch this channel quite often and also the mm -hmm. Gaming Historian 
which is also very very good um they've they've both found some really cool like really old you know random stuff i think on the gaming historian they found like some it was like a gaming chair from for the nes that like it had like a joystick <laughs> attached to it and so it was like random That's stuff You're like well i didn't know this existed and like oh it existed for like you know a month and like one production run and then like you know ran out but so it's always cool to see these these relics that not a lot of people got to experience or see so random accessories i love it i love that it's just mm-hmm. it plugs into the little accessory port you know i think that's some of the cool parts of like there's these nintendo consoles or any consoles that have like these random ports and like like, what is that for and you're like yeah what are they doing with that what is that what is it there for like the the bottom of the nes there's a port that's like never been used it's just like it's there right and what can i do with this yeah i want to know so (laughs) i like imagine there being just like a hidden button somewhere in the switch that someone just somehow found be like what does it mean what does it do (laughs) well i mean there's there's even look at the the light on the home right i mean you got the home button on our switch and Mm. one thing maybe uses it but it's there Mm -hmm. it's it's something that can be done i mean you've got the sensor on the bottom of the joy con one thing maybe used it and but it's like they're there. They, I think that's what I like most about this story, whether it's practical or crazy or never got seen. The idea that they are willing to try is what lets Nintendo come out with some really innovative, crazy stuff. The fact that they're even willing to play around the idea, you know, they probably think about things like, well, what if we did this one day? I don't know. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't put a port on it. We'll, we'll see what happens. And it's like, Okay, so that's how I feel like some of these sensors and gizmos and little buttons and things that they're there because you just don't know and they don't want to be limited later on. And uh, it's it's cool. It's really, really cool. It makes me really wish we had a Nintendo museum, though, you know, like the chair you were talking about and this thing. And I wish we had a way to see more stuff that was all throughout the life of Nintendo where you could walk through it and see like the history of Nintendo and just everything, mm-hmm. everything they've made. And you could do like these really cool setups of, you know, people sitting around playing the card games back when that was what Nintendo was focused on. And it would just really be interesting to kind of see more information. And, you know, if, if, uh, if Universal Studios here in the States is listening, which I know, I know you do, um, <laughs> let's see, let's get something like that. What if you're going through some of the rides in the park or you're going through the entrance and you have like that museum part or maybe there's progress. a, yeah, and, like yeah. a carousel of progress or, or like, okay, you have this Yoshi mover thing. What if it was a ride that kind of went through the history of Nintendo and kind of told mm-hmm. you about stuff and kind of informed you? I mean, to me, that'd be just as interesting and sit, as sitting on a Yoshi ride for 20 minutes, you know, yeah. I would, I would love that. But it would just be cool to see more, get more, learn more about Nintendo. I mean, if you're going to a Nintendo park, you would have to assume that's the audience. That that's who wants to know this stuff. So yeah. it would be really interesting to to just get more of this information. Now, speaking of things that just never happened, so recently Reggie revealed a really cool story on his podcast. Um, talking games and he was saying that a while back during e3 he had to politely decline a work relationship with kanye west apparently kanye had kind of had a meeting with him and said that he was experimenting with a piece of video game content and he really wanted his reaction to it he also came out and said i want to work with nintendo um Reggie says that he had a lot of stuff going on at the time nintendo had things all over the place they were working on all kinds of stuff and he had to basically say 
no, we, we just can't. And he told them, Kanye, you don't want to work with us because we're tough. We're hard. All we do is push for the very best content. You would not be the type of partner or we would not be the type of partner you would want to work with. And then he looks at me and says, Reggie, you're exactly the type of partner I want because of that reason. So it just never worked out. Apparently, they both said that, you know, Reggie at least stuck to his guns and said that we just we just can't. And uh, and it, it never went anywhere. It could be interesting, I guess, maybe. I don't I don't know if I would want to play a, a Kanye West video game. I'm not really sure. Apparently, he has some history in video games because a while back he was saying he was making one that was dedicated to his late mother who would be passing through gates of heaven. But that was announced in 2015 and it basically just went nowhere. So I'm wondering if Reggie kind of just said, you know what, maybe this wouldn't be, maybe, maybe you're not the kind of partner, but he twisted it and said, Nintendo is not the kind of partner for you. So I'm not really sure. It just never panned out, but I thought it was a really interesting story that Kanye West wanted to work with Nintendo on something. Nobody even knows what it was. I, I found it interesting because, so the story before this was they put all this money into this work boy up until release and they just don't release it. Yet they're not even going to try to work with Kanye West. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, may, funny. You know, maybe they did. Maybe they had a lot going on. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It, it It's not like Kanye West is without controversy. I mean, recently with yeah. his bid for president, and which ultimately was a stun, you know, and I think he's done that quite a few times. So I'm sure a company like Nintendo looks at that and says, here's a person that we know you know, this was, this was whatever he says. I don't know how long it says many years ago. So I don't know what many is, right. It could yeah, be before anything, before any reputation. It could be as long as, I don't know, four years ago, who knows what he means by many, but I would assume they were looking at him and saying, maybe he's not what we want Nintendo to be represented. Maybe it's not a pairing we want. I, I don't know. That's all an assumption. He didn't really get into it too, too much. My hope is that if Kanye West does want to do a video game, that he works with a smaller indie studio, because then he's just spreading the wealth to people who could actually benefit from it. Like Nintendo's good. Nintendo does not need Kanye. Yeah. But I feel like other smaller studios could actually benefit from a partnership like that. And it would be like a pretty genuine relationship, I think. But yeah, yeah I we'll, think we'll see. That, that would make sense. There. You know, work mm-hmm. with somebody small. You you apply your name to it. So you're getting funding and, and sort of notoriety and mm-hmm. you're getting to be on different uh, blogs and stuff and you know maybe it'll get made but it was funny a lot of the people in the comments when i was reading through the article they were saying like yeah it'll probably be a game that just you you hit the on button it fires up the game and it just says video game and it just stays there for like an hour and a half and then that's it it's over <laughs> and they were like he would probably charge 120 dollars for that <laughs> so yeah most people yeah. in the comments were not they did not seem to be intrigued by a kanye west video game <laughs> that nintendo put out <laughs> I do think the idea of the game that was revealed was pretty interesting. Like I could see something kind of like along the lines of Gris or um, those like a kind of a game like that. Sure. Working yeah. for the concept I mean, of this like mother. That stuff. And yeah. Yeah. I could see that working, but I don't know. We'll see if this ever goes anywhere. Sure. So like we said, it's 2021. So it's about that time where uh, we have to talk about the best selling games, indie games of 2020 for the Switch. Um, so this list is in no particular order. I'll just go through the list, and then we can kind of make a note of the ones that you know we have comments on. 
Um, so the list goes Hades, Streets of Rage 4, Spiritfarer, Moving Out, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Carrion, What the Golf, Shantae and the Seven S- Sirens, <clears throat> Super Mega Baseball 3, Super Liminal, The Jackbox Party Pack 7, Sukuna of Rice and Ruin, Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition, Crosscode, Bloodstained, Curse of the Moon 2, Neon Abyss, and Mortal Kombat 2. I'm just kidding. Not Mortal Kombat 2. Mortal Kombat's mm-hmm. not even on the list, but I just had to say it. <laughs> yeah. That little indie title. <laughs> yeah, that little Kombat. indie title. Well, I um, find it funny because Ori and the Will of the Wisp is kind of stretching it for an indie because... It's done by Microsoft Studios, so I don't know how that's who? technically an indie who? game. Who is that? Who? Yeah, who's in that? Who is that? I mean, yeah. I, I feel like Hades. You know, we we mentioned it first, but and I know it's in no particular order, but obviously that's the the heavy hitter. I mean, the most people are like screaming that one. Spirit Fear to me sounds really interesting. Still, that's on my list. Um, there's a couple good ones on here. What the golf? I know has been on my wish list. Uh, Super liminal. I thought. Was looked really really good. I've been seeing. It's funny. I've been seeing a ton of ads for Jackbox party games lately on whether it's like YouTube. I don't know if they're making a big push yeah. or if it's because you know I've done searches for like Among Us or something, and it, now it's pushing like these party games in my my uh, like YouTube channel and stuff. But I've been mm. seeing it a lot lately, and I thought that one looked like the more i see of those it seems like they would be fun just games to 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 grab i have no idea which one there's i don't know is, is seven the most recent i don't even know there's i know there's I'm not a lot sure yeah but uh yeah a lot of a lot of good indies but i would say i'm i'm enjoying hades so that one stands out to me but there's a couple others on this list that i think look really really good yeah i thought moving out looked really good that was on my list i yeah, got yeah, hades didn't play it yet carrie and i watched um someone play a little bit of it and it looks really cool and really fun it's not a game for me but if you're into those types of games i thought that it looked really good and really well done um super liminal was one that's been on my list for a long time that i haven't picked up but yeah yeah i somehow don't own any of these games either (laughs) that's that was weird to me like i don't know i don't have any of them yeah i just i was a little surprised i think last year when we did this i definitely owned a bunch of them and yeah. I don't know. I don't know why necessarily that happened, but it happened, I guess. And um, but I do have a bunch of them checked. I think Ori looks super good. Carrion looks super good. Kentucky I can see Zero. you really like Carrion. That's definitely yeah. a very you kind of game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a bunch that look super good. So I checked a few so I could go back to our show notes and be like, I should buy these games at some point. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think yeah, I get sucked sure. in so much with these you know deals all the time that I buy a mm-hmm. bunch of games that I'm never going to play. And then mm-hmm. um and then don't play the ones that I actually do want to play. And that's that's my story of 2020, I think. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> I, I I just recently, because I was thinking, I'm like, wow, I've been buying a lot of stuff. And I looked, I have, I don't know, 30 gigs left on my memory card, <laughs> which I just upgraded, what, last year? I think I'm at, like, I don't, I don't, it's a big memory card on my Switch. And I'm almost at the point where I need to upgrade again. Because I have so Uh-oh. much stuff, I actually removed games. Like yeah. uh, there's a, there was a lot of big heavy hitters that were taking up a ton of space that I just don't play. Like Warframe was a big one, so I had to mm. remove it because I was almost out of room. Mm. And I hate to remove stuff, but because it's nice that knowing it's just there if I do want to play it. But it was, it, it's kind of like, well, I obviously got to. You can always gotta, redownload it. Yeah, you can always redownload. It's not it, like it's so. gone forever. Yeah. Yeah. You're but never going to play It's still crazy it. to me. I, I thought when I upgraded this, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm good to go. And I've just been <laughs> been going crazy this year with all the deals. I bought so much stuff. Those eShop sales. Yeah. We we mentioned last week 
that we wanted to do something a little bit different this episode because the news has been sort of light the last couple of weeks. So that gets us to our highlights of 2020. We already told you about the indie highlights and the what games have been selling well, but we wanted to say, okay, maybe there's some games, some experiences, some notable things that have happened in 2020 that we wanted to share. And uh, Matza, why don't you kick it off with what you what stood out for 2020 with Nintendo? Yeah, I think for me, what stood out in 2020 was still some you know innovation and experiments going on in the market it was like the very first thing I would say is when I look at things like Mario Kart Home Circuit and I look at the even the Game and Watch series, right? Like they came out with some things that were unexpected out of the box. And I, and I appreciate that. Well, I don't think that like the game and watching is the most revolutionary thing in the world. Like they still did. And it's a cool collector's item, right? We're 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 all hoping for one of those mini systems again, I think is one thing that people are always sort of looking for to just kind of get in their, in their hands and something to look forward to and try to, to get online and, and lock in. So I thought that was one thing that was like, they're trying new things, right? I think they carried on that tradition of, of trying to come out with innovative games that are short and sweet that are trending of the moment, right? We saw obviously Tetris 99 last year, but then, you know, we have Mario 35 this year, right? Which is another spin, right? It's something kind of unexpected. It's a free to play game that you can just go on and like, you know, just experiment with. So I think these experimentations of, hey, we can spend a lot of time building our AAA titles and they're going to do great, but coming up with some experiments, something that are a little bit different out of the box and even looking at just like new technology, right? That is like we were talking about with the switch is like, I didn't know that I could, my switch could, you know, pair up with like this real life Mario Kart and drive around the house and like, see this thing. Like, that's cool. That's different. Like no one else is doing that. And that, that is something that I think is really nice. You know, I think we saw that with the, the, the fitness, um, the fitness adventure, whatever it's called that I bought that I don't fit work out with anymore, but you know, <laughs> the, you know, they're trying new things. I just saw a list of um, I think it was on a gadget it was like top, you know, workout gadgets, you know, that you could like look in 2021 and and there it was the, the mm-hmm. fitness, you know, fitness adventure. So I think coming out with these innovative things, it was just like the cardboard, right? It was like, here's something different. Here's mm-hmm. something that you can do is nice. Um, I think beyond that, you know, I think we'll talk about like the AAA games, um, you know, that with obviously animal crossings on all of our lists, spoiler alert, but you know, I think it's something that helped people through the pandemic. It got a lot of new gamers, into the nintendo switch like my wife you know she doesn't really play games very often but that sucked her in but i think more than anything what really surprised me in this last year was the continuous high quality games and or ports coming to the switch like i think high quality games we saw a lot from nintendo even if they were sort of like updates of existing titles like pikmin and uh, the hyrule warriors new game that came out and obviously um, Animal Crossing as, as being some major hitters this year. And then, but I think we continuously see great support from third parties with high quality ports that people want to buy, right? Uh, I've talked about Bulletstorm. I don't think it came out this year, but like it's a good example. But Crisis, Doom Eternal, Bioshock, Borderlands, like these are all games that are maybe introducing a new generation or a generation that just like didn't play those games. Like I just didn't play those games. Um, previously or all of those games because there's other stuff happening and it's a new mm-hmm. new chance for me to continue to to play these games and that, that to me was one of the biggest like highlights is seeing this continuous support like i think there's just way too many 
games on the switch, which is something that when we started this podcast was, was completely opposite, right? It was just like, Oh, I just, there's like one game coming out. Like we need more games. Like there's too many games at this point, but it's good. I think it's a good in a way. And there's a lot of innovation happening even inside that space. So to me, those are the, the big like highlights of 2020. I, I think that there's a lot that I would still like from my switch. It's only, you know, coming up on four years Four yeah, four years, I yeah, guess now four years. And, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot more that I'm sure that we, we can talk about maybe next podcast or hopes and dreams for 2021. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think that there's, there's quite a lot of good that happened this year for the Nintendo switch and, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, mine overlap with you a little bit as far as Animal Crossing, especially. I think it's a good game that came out of time that made it great. And that was that was sort of the way I felt about it, because even now I'll fire it up. I'm like, okay, I did this, did that. It's it's fine. But in the moment when it happened, when it launched, it was something where it was like you felt you had to have this. You ha- it was a way to kind of escape with people. There was a really it was it reminded me a lot of when Pokemon Go came out. There was this this momentum behind it where I just felt special, right? It felt like we were all there was like a surge. There was a surge, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there was weeks where I mean it was so exciting. I've never seen so many people on my friends list on my Switch playing. <laughs> not only just playing Ever. in general, but all playing the same game. And it was really cool to see. And it was all like, hey, can I come to your island? Let's do turnups. And it, that, that span ran for probably a couple, you know, let's, what, uh, maybe three months, I would say, like nonstop. And then it kind of died off. And I, I would say I died off. I got 230, 40 hours into the game. And um, there's still a lot of stuff where I could jump in and do if I want to spend the time working on it. And I don't know if that'll ever happen. I don't know if I'll get that same initial like just love for it that I had when when it first came out. But it was just a really special moment um, in a really crappy time. And it felt like, wow, we're all connected in this. It just felt exciting. It really felt cool to see it on, you know, TV and just people, celebrities talking about it and talking about their island. And it just was something to kind of rally around. And I, I really, really appreciate that. Um, and then the other thing that still is an ongoing thing for me, I just put a, I just did another side quest in it yesterday and that's Witcher three. And this ties back into what you were saying about like the high quality ports mods. It's this game just constantly, constantly getting enjoyment out of it. I, I honestly don't remember now, but I think I started it this year. So that's why I made my 2020 list. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm almost positive. I started it this year. Yeah. I think but you it's just started been- it around March. Yeah, that's what I that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. and it's just been such a blast. Every every time I play it, I just enjoy it more and more. Um I did this quest. I, it was a random side quest. It took me an hour and a half and it was just like this cool <laughs> story. It doesn't do anything. It's a side quest and it was just so interesting and I was engaged. It was like a good movie. You know, you're just watching this like this thing unfold that you had no idea of it. You know, you fired it up and I just said, oh, well, I want to do a side quest and jumped into it. I was like, wow, that, that ended up being really something fun. And the fact that I can do that and I could do it on the go, it just it just really reinforces the love for the Switch. And, and it's been a standout um, moment for me. I've had a lot of fun moments with the Switch over the year, but every time I fire up a game like Witcher, it's just this constant joy of, of playing and it's a constant joy and appreciation for games. And, uh, it's something I definitely hope to continue for 2021 and, and hopefully even do more, um, you know, consciously where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, 
I'm segmenting this time off. Instead of it being a time filler, it's like, this is an experience I want to do for this Mm -hmm. time. And it's something where I'm more conscious about, I'm jumping in, I'm playing this game, you know, do more streaming, things like that, where I can just say I'm focused and I'm enjoying this. Because I do think sometimes you, we, we all have so many things that we're trying to do in our day that the game time that we spend and that we love tends to feel like, oh, maybe I'm wasting time instead of, no, maybe I'm just enjoying the time I have right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I want to make sure I do more of that in 2021 where I just, I just enjoy it. You seem to be doing that with um, the long dark. <laughs> Just like I don't really know taking if I'm time. Enjoying. Really <laughs> it's, it's so stressful. Oh. I don't know if I would say that's it enjoyment. Seems like you enjoy it. Oh, okay. <laughs> the the last the we can get to that, but the we'll last time I played it, it was a better experience than the the experiences before. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about it more at the end, but yeah. Um. So for my list, obviously Animal Crossing, and it's interesting because I saw a couple of people on my Instagram who actually just got the game for Christmas. And I'm like, oh, here's my here's my friend code. You can go visit my island. And it's kind of exciting to see other people who don't traditionally like play video games a ton getting this because, you know, they're going to get sucked in. and You know that they're going to be asking you questions and stuff like that. So that's just it, it was when I was looking back on like 2020, the two games that stood out to me, it's because I have very vivid like a very vivid memory of the first time I played it, like those first few hours. I remember exactly what I did. I remember exactly what it felt like. And like all my favorite games, that's usually why. It's just like I have a very, like The Sims, for example, I have a very vivid memory of the first time I sat down and like tried building a house. Like I, it, I just, I love that. Um, So obviously Animal Crossing was on. I remember exactly what it was like, you know, talking to Nook and kind of understanding the game a little bit. Um. And then also the Bioshock collection, which kind of ties into what you were saying, Mots, about, you know, great ports coming out. That was amazing. Just all three of those games. I And I was wondering, too, I was thinking, I wonder if I played them a few years ago, if I would have had the same amount of, of just love for these games. And I don't think I would have appreciated them near as much as being able to, like, play them on my Switch in bed at night with it, you know. Mm my headphones on just the screen right there in my face (laughs) burning my eyeballs but um more immersed in it more focused on yeah yeah i was so into it and i got so sucked into those games i mean i played all three in like two weeks three weeks um they were just so good and i was i'm so happy i played them this this past year um but that's it for games as far as anything else i i've been really enjoying um just the fact that we're doing like more streaming on our end. I really enjoy interacting with our community a lot more because it's one thing, you know, I, it's not like I don't enjoy chatting with you guys every week. Obviously I do, otherwise we wouldn't be doing this, but you know, we put out a podcast every week and we don't know if people are actually listening. We know people are downloading it, but are they actually taking the time to listen? So sure. streaming and interacting with everyone and chatting with our ninfrendos on Twitch or, or yeah, on Twitch or discord or Twitter. Um, it kind of, it's a form of fulfillment for us because then it's like, oh, people are actually listening. They actually care about the things they're saying and it makes us more excited to do the podcast. So um, I've just been really appreciative of, you know, our community, how it's been growing and how they've been interacting with us a lot more. So and I look forward to doing that a lot more in 2021. Yeah, I mean, especially with when it comes to to streaming, I can't disappoint our number one fan. Um <laughs> your dad who is always looking for the next oh long gosh. dark episode so i don't want over, to disappoint over. him i i feel so much pressure to to stream now because i, I know he's 
waiting with bated breath for the next episode. (laughs) It was actually kind of a pain. I know he doesn't listen to the podcast and I hope he does listen to this episode, but because I was home for like two weeks visiting with them and Michael would text me like, oh, I might be streaming later. So I almost wouldn't want to tell my dad because I knew my dad would be like, when is he streaming? What time is it? Oh, I keep checking my phone. I keep checking my email to make sure I get notifications. He went as far as to downloading the app on their like Alexa. So that way he could watch it on the TV. So you had me, me on my phone so I could chat. My dad watching, my mom popping in and saying, tell Michael I said hi. (laughs) (laughs) It became like an event when Michael would stream. It was so funny. (laughs) But yes, my dad is Michael's number one streaming fan. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. all to sit around and see me stoking a fire <laughs> in the oh, long he, dark yeah i think it was just because he really liked that game um yeah. he saw it a few years ago so now seeing you actually play it and he likes he will like watch your stream and then he'll watch someone else's recordings like who got a little bit further and then yeah. he'll be like oh this is gonna happen but don't tell michael and i'm like okay i won't tell him because i don't want to spoil anything and <laughs> well it's probably yeah <laughs> if it's something where he doesn't mind having you know knowing no, ahead he loves it. yeah. it's good because then he can he can see how i play something it's that's that's yeah. one thing where if you know if i finish witcher right and i give it to one of you guys to play because that's the one game i have a physical copy of and maybe you want to play through it so you've already seen mm-hmm. bits and pieces of how i've done things and i've recorded bits and pieces of it for you to see so it'd be interesting, you know, if you decide to follow the same story arc or if or like you decide to make path. different decisions and see how the game changes around that, you know, I think that's that's always kind of cool. So for him, he can see how I handle a certain situation versus maybe somebody else streaming it. Video games are great, aren't they? They are. <laughs> They're just so fun. <laughs> <laughs> so that does it for our kind of 2020 highlights. I'm curious to see if any of our listeners have anything that stuck out to them that was different from us. Um, I'd like to see that in Discord. I might actually chat in there later and ask people because yeah, um, we should definitely just be interesting. Yeah. Well, that brings us to our best sellers of this past week. You know, the first first couple days of 2021, um, the top 10. I don't think it's changed much from last week. But so first place, we have Among Us. Second, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Third, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Fourth, Hades. Fifth, Minecraft. Sixth, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Seventh, Cuphead. Eighth, Just Dance 2021. Ninth is Super Mario 3D All-Stars. And last but not least, Super Mario Odyssey. Nice. Definitely, definitely we need to get uh, all of us on Among Us. I know oh, we say it each week. And, yeah. and I've played a handful <laughs> more of solo games. Mots has it too. We played a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I've played a handful me. of solo like against in public. And those are okay. But it's not the same as if we can organize our own our own group. Yeah, yeah, that would be fun. 
That gets us into new releases we're into this week. And there is not very many that we're into this week. I think we have maybe one check. Uh, I did give a couple of shout outs because I thought they they had potential, but I didn't add them to my list, my, my wish list. On January 6th, there's Choices That Matter and Their Souls Were Eaten, which is a strange title. This is a game that's $6. Mm-hmm. It's on sale for $4.79. It did look interesting. It's basically a... A choose your own ad- uh, adventure story. It's all text based from what I can tell. And you're picking whatever's going to happen. And, you know, it's a story. But the I, I generally like that kind of stuff. And I, and I was interested that I watched the trailer for it. And it was so terrible of a trailer that I decided not <laughs> to even give it a check. But I wanted to give it a shout out because if you are very interested in choose your own adventures and the, t- and the trailer doesn't turn you off like it did for me, it could be something you may be interested in um i just i just felt like whatever was going on there it could have been maybe handled way better and told the story of what this game actually is better than what they did yeah i was really confused by that trailer too i had no idea what i was watching yeah (laughs) um next up is a game that both me and michael have checked called iris fall it's a monochrome adventure puzzle game following the themes of light and shadow You can pass through two realities of light and shadow and some are in 2D and some are in 3D and you solve these puzzles and reveal the story of a spooky theater that the main character Iris finds herself in when she's hiding from a storm. It has very positive reviews on Steam and it is, I think, like 60% off on Steam at the moment, but it is Windows only. So Nice. Yeah, it looked looked good to me too. I really like the art Mm -hmm. style of this one a lot. Yeah, me too. The last one I had another call out for, but not a check, is because uh, there is a demo for it, and I want to try it before I give it a check or not. It's Werewolf, the Apocalypse, Heart of the Forest. Now, when I saw Werewolf, I got excited because I I know Among Us was based on a game that was called Werewolf, and um, and I was thinking it was like that. <clears throat> I thought it was there's mm-hmm. a card game, you know, that's also like this. And I was I was getting so excited. I'm like, oh, good. I get to play this on the Switch, like in another version of maybe a card game version of Among Us. Uh, it's not. It's not. It's definitely not. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it looks more like it's another choose your own adventure game, but actually has some artwork and stuff that's incorporated into it. So I'm excited to try it. There is a demo. So, you know, check that out if this sounds interesting to you. And uh, if it looks good enough after I play the demo, I'll definitely be adding it to the list. Now that gets us to everybody's favorite segment in the show. What you playing? Mott, what have you been playing? Yeah, I actually played some games this week. Woo, I did it. Um, which is good. <laughs> I So the, I tried to go through some of my Switch stuff and... Uh, play some games from the past. And, and the first one I downloaded from a while ago that was on sale was Gunpowder on the Teeth, which is like a 2D side-scrolling shooter, like army game. It's way too difficult, mm-hmm. so I uninstalled it. Um, it's just way, it's like the hardest game I've ever played. So I'm done. <laughs> um, and then I played two games, so that was a quick one. So if you're thinking like, oh, that game's on sale, I should buy that. No, you shouldn't, because it's too hard. <laughs> Unless you like good. love <laughs> the hardest games in the entire world. <laughs> um, but then I played two games that are oddly very similar because I um, was on Slick Deals and I saw that Urban Flow, the deluxe edition, was on sale for like $2. And I remember, I think, Christina, you were talking about it a while ago one of the it just came out recently i, I know think. urban urban flow michael was super into i think he had that yeah. one checked both of yeah. them both of them i had checked yep oh okay yeah urban flow and traffics which is the other one and i purchased both of them because i think traffics was on sale like super cheap and mm-hmm. urban flow was mm-hmm. as well so let me talk about both these games real quick so they are both 
they're both somehow games that I purchased at nearly the same time. And they are both traffic simulators, <laughs> puzzles, games. Okay. But these games are very, very different. Okay. So traffics is a very sort of, I want, I want to say simplistic, but simply drawn minimal colors, um, minimalist design type of game. It's, it's a lot of blacks and whites on a screen with just a few indicators of the types of vehicles that are going. And this is pretty cool because I actually really like this one. It's a little bit more chill, I think, than 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 Urban Flow, which is a little bit more chaotic in a way. But in, in Traffics, the whole goal is that you are turning on and off lights to and to get through the flow of traffic. And the cool thing with Traffics is that apparently that these things are based on real world like roads basically. So when you're playing through the game, there's like 30 or 40 courses and they are, you know, like you're in, I don't know, Seattle, you're in New York, you're in whatever. Um, and the whole idea is that, Hey, this is an intersection from this game. And this game is available on mobile. It does kind of look like a mobile esque games. It's like a dollar or whatever. I think on switch it is, I have it paid for It's $5. So I think, but I think I got it for like a dollar or two, but they're all based on this. They're like new Delhi, Havana, like Moscow. Like the whole idea is that these are things. And so most of the time you are flipping on and off gates, which are lights and you are, mm-hmm. um, the white vehicles. And then anything that is, is like a black vehicle or sometimes a black train or a black airplane. Right. So it stands out. You can really clearly see what's going on. Um, you're trying to merge into traffic all the time or like get through traffic. So it's very simple rules to follow minimal design. It's super well done. I really, I really like it. The music is very chill. Um, it's a good puzzle game in each, each mode you start in a normal mode. And once you beat it, you can um, go to like a crazy, like hard mode, a chaos mode. But the one thing that I like about this is that they give you quite a few, um, I would say boo-boos. So you can mess up quite a lot. You can mess up like 10 times um, in this game. So the whole idea is like if you run into something, then your vehicle like counts against one. It's actually kind of two. So like if you hit another vehicle, it's like two accidents and you have to swipe them away. But if you don't swipe away the vehicles, like there can be like a pile up and then you just like basically destroy the game, <laughs> um, which is fun. But it's very, it's very minimal. It's very nice. I think that it's a good dollar to game, $3 game, $5 is, a little bit much just because it's cheaper on the other platforms like on mobile or whatever or on, on on steam but if it was on sale for like two bucks or whatever three bucks totally good even five bucks it's, it's a good chill game i like it nice. whereas urban flow on the other hand um is for all intents and purposes exactly the same game because the whole goal of it is that you are turning on and off lights that you know to enable you to merge through traffic to, you know, but it's, it's different though, because it's not minimalist. Okay. It is more 3d polygon type of world and they're not realistic, real intersections. And you're controlling more, more lights where the thing with like traffics is like there's traffic moving and you're about merging in traffic mm-hmm. with urban flow. Like you control all the lights basically. So you're, you're all about turning on and off the lights. And the thing is, in both games, if you let vehicles sit for too long, then those vehicles get bored and you have to 
you know, you, you don't want them to like run out of time. Basically you don't want a car to sit there for like five minutes or like a minute or whatever. So you have to like, you know, get it through, um, urban flow on the other hand, like brings in some other elements. For example, there is, um, some uh, medical vehicles and they need priority access. Like they're on a different timer. There are different longer vehicles, shorter vehicles that you're merging inside and outside of traffic. And you're often flipping multiple lights on at the same time and off multiple lights and you're there, but the games do fundamentally work different traffics. The first one, if you hit a, it turns on and then off the light again, you have to double tap it to turn it on. Whereas in urban flow, you like are turning on the traffic light and then turning off the traffic light manually, no matter what. So they do perform very differently in general, though, both games are super duper good. Um, you know, I think with urban flow, it's probably a longer game right now. It's on sale for $2. The deluxe edition, I think you can get for extended edition is, uh, well, okay. They, they changed it. It used to be the extended edition. What I, I know, is that what I got? No, I used to, I got the extended edition. There's a bunch of editions. I don't know what's going on here, but I, I think I got extended edition that, which came with the winter extended edition. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but you can just get the normal game for $1.99, which is not bad. And then there's expansions that, that go on top of it, right? Just to give it a go. Okay. And the expansions are not very expensive either. They're like a few bucks. But it it is also super good at the same time. It, I really like the graphics of like they're very different, but then exactly the same game in a weird odd way. Um, but I would say that the urban flow gets more complicated quicker. It's kind of like conduct this in a way, which is like it starts off slow and then it gets more complicated really quick. Um, and um, you you could get you could definitely get frustrated because it was like oh no I got to press this button and a trigger and this trigger where I think traffic's it does get more complicated but you never feel like you're underwater I would say um, and it's more chill because of the environment that you're in is chill whereas urban flow is like you mm. got like all these buildings and all this all this stuff on the screen you're like trying to figure it out so your brain is working a little bit harder I think do you do you have a favorite between the two or you just like them both. I like them both. You should just buy them both, probably. Nice. I would say. Nice. Yeah, I would say they're both they're both good. Um, I think I played Traffics for a little bit longer. Okay. I think. Yeah. O- overall, I also like that they're apparently like real world intersections, which yeah, I think that's are cool. really cool. Yeah. So, so that's cool. And then those are two. So I would probably say Traffics first, but right now Urban Flow is a dollar ninety nine, so you should probably buy Urban Flow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Whenever the game is on sale, you should get them you on should sale. Pick, get them on sale. Oh, I also yeah. played World of Warcraft this week too. So oh, I'm nice. A, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm I know a, you picked it up. You got caught up, so we're gonna have to get some World of Warcraft action going on. Yeah, un, I, un Nintendo related, but still fun. <laughs> yeah, I had a had to get Relevant. a new hard drive uh, to <laughs> to fill it because it's the biggest. It's a uh, like five billion gigs, and um, yeah. I had I got a new hard drive and I had to get some power cables, so it took me a while. I'm playing this Worth free it. trial. Um, it's good. Nice. It, it's it's basically it's World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft. Um, if you've played World of Warcraft before, it is definitely World of Warcraft. Um, it, <laughs> um, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I'm at level 19, so I'm at kind of like the cap. I don't think I played mm. super long. I didn't. I didn't play for like you know days at a time. But that's like definitely quite a few hours, like six, seven hours or so, maybe. And it's good. I'm playing as a paladin. I'm still kind of confused why I can't have a, a sword and a shield at the same time. I can only have one and that's kind of upsetting. Hmm. So I need to figure out that and my different things. But then I know at level 20 is like the cap of the free trial. And I don't think it's going to be worth me 
doing $15 a month. I just think yeah, that's... Yeah, I mean, it's a lot if, if you're not able to play it or you got... Plus, with you, you've got so many other things to play. Yeah. It, it adds up pretty quick. But, but I think, Christina, mm-hmm. you said that you can keep playing. You just don't level up, correct? Yeah, I mean, you just plateau. There's not really much you, mm. much else you can do. Because all the mm. good stuff is you have to be, like, level 45 to, like, eat this or do that. Yeah. Mm, got but, it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's nice. it. That's me. Very, very nice. How about you, Christina? Uh, well, because I wasn't here last week, there's quite a few things I have to talk about. <laughs> so first, I want to talk about Red Lantern because I did stream that two Saturdays ago. I didn't get a chance to really talk about it much. Um, so obviously, Red Lantern, I mentioned a bunch of times in the podcast. I was really excited for it to come out. I'm pretty sure you were pretty excited for it too, Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I streamed it. Uh, you basically, in the beginning, you are creating a sled dog team. Not really to race anyone, but just to, like, I guess, get from where you are to a land to a, a cabin that a friend of yours is in and it's hanging a red lantern on it. That's it. Um, <clears throat> it's definitely not what I was expecting. The game is kind of like a roguelike. So as you kind of are going through with your dogs and, you know, sledding all around doing your thing, you don't really get to control the dogs Basically, you're given like mini events that you have to select what your choice is going to be. Um, you can choose whether you want to go left or right. Um, I don't remember the terms that these. I think right is G and I forgot what left is. But anyway, there's like some sort of like dog sledding language you have to learn and stuff. Um, but I just I, I don't I don't know how I, I really feel about it, because when I think about the game, I do kind of want to go back and play it a little more. But I also just kind of dread having to do that, (laughs) mostly because the character's dialogue, like she never shuts up, never to the point where I'm streaming. I want to like talk to people, but I'm constantly having to talk over the character. So it's just very fresh. And I know, Michael, you watched me play. So you know how annoying she was. Yeah, yeah. She just wouldn't shut up. (laughs) She doesn't. Yeah, she talks the entire time. Constantly. Um. I will say the beginning, I spent a really long time. So the first time you play the game, you have to basically select the dogs that you want to add. And you can like decline some. You can add some if you want. It, you kind of make that choice. And each dog has like a different personality, just, you know, just like real life. Um, and it's funny because I went and watched it back later. And one of the dogs I picked, they the character did say, oh, I heard from your owners. You really like to, ch- to chase skunks. And then later when I played, one of the events was this particular dog wanted to go off in this one direction. So I said, yeah, let's go. And then the dog gets skunked. So um, that that kind of stuff, you know, based on the dogs that you pick, that does affect what happens in the game a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's it's not an open world experience like I was expecting at all. It's very just like it, it's kind of like a click adventure game type thing. Um, I did make it by the time I ended playing. I made it about halfway through the the course that I was having to go on. Um, the one thing I do like is every time that you die or you starve or you fall through a frozen lake or whatever happens to you, um, if you got, for example, an axe that round or you got a fishing pole that round, you can use it in the next round. Like you carry that stuff over with you. And every time you die, you learn something new like, oh, I should probably bring more than one bullet to hunt like stuff like that um and it's kind of like stupid because you do start out with very little in the beginning like this girl's like yeah we're gonna go on a 
on an adventure with my dogs and I've never done this before and I'm only going to bring one piece of wood and that will be all I'll need. Yeah. So it was just kind of stupid. Um, but now that I have played a couple times and I'm like starting to like get more stuff that I start with, I kind of want to go back and see how much farther I can get. But I'm probably not going to stream it um, just because that the, the main character the dialogue is so annoying. But um, yeah, that, that's kind of how the game is going. I'm not going to rate it yet because I do want to go back in and play it a little bit more, but it's not going to be a super high rating. I already know that much. <laughs> um, now for Animal Crossing, I did play it a little bit, but I missed actual Toy Day and the actual New Year's event. Um, because I, I don't know I was just actually playing real life games I was doing a lot of like tabletop games with my mom we played sequence and scrabble a lot um, so that was kind of fun but that was the majority of the time was spent with family so while it was nice I do have a little bit of uh, Tamagotchi guilt with my villagers every time I open up Animal Crossing they're like we haven't seen you in weeks uh, I'm, I'm used to that they say that every time yeah. I turn it on <laughs> but it's like I feel like I forgot to like feed my Tamagotchi I forgot to to talk to my villagers every time I open the game um, other than that I did play Mario Kart with my sister as well just a little bit nothing too crazy um, but yeah there's like I didn't realize it there is three different rainbow road tracks in Mario Kart 8 there's three oh, yeah. of them it's ridiculous why are there three I don't know. I just thought I just thought it was funny because like every other track is like its own thing. And then there's three different rainbow roads. Um, yeah, we thought that was crazy. And I did want to mention I looked into that Minecraft Breath of the Wild map because I know last week you guys told everybody that you're going to have me look into it and try to set it up. And I tried and it's way, way too much work for what it's worth to get it on the switch. You have to like start a realm with another account and then upload the map file to that realm and then you can download it on your switch. And it's just, it's not worth it. You can't just like download community maps from like you, it's only maps that are officially in the Microsoft store that you can buy that you can put on your mm. Switch. Not like uh, community I'm confused ones. though. Why would you have to create a realm? Like why would I, why couldn't I create a realm on like my Java or my Xbox version? You know, just like the realm we already share. You why could, can't I just... but you can't, but you can't upload it because you have to download the map file. Because it's the because it's the like Windows version, it's like the official moderated version, not the Java version. You have to like download the map and then upload the map into the into so if Minecraft. I, if I, into if the I realm. start a realm on the on the Xbox or the Windows version of it, I would I would have to install it there, but then I could play it on Switch. Yeah, if I had a realm already. Well, you'd have to start a new realm with the file. Well, yeah, that that's fine. Yeah. But I'm just yeah. saying, like, you just have to you have to start it somewhere else and then access it with your switch. You can't. Yeah, you, you can't, can't start the realm on your, your switch. switch. Yeah, gotcha. because you can't you can't take that map and you can't just like put you it on your memory it card. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, it doesn't work. Okay, but I, yeah. I mean that so makes you can sense. Upload if, it into a realm and then download it onto your switch. Okay, I mean that that's mm -hmm. fine. I mean, if it were something I cared enough about, I I would be able to do that because I was thinking of you know. If we didn't have so many games to play, I would start up. I mean, we're already playing so much other stuff with WoW and everything else. But if we if we were looking to it, it'd be like, okay, well, maybe open up the realm again. But I would be doing that through, you know, Xbox or the Windows version or whatever, and then uh, and then go from there. So it's it seems like if I were to play it and I cared enough, it you would just be loading it up, but you have to do it elsewhere. You can't load it on the Switch. 
So that, I you guess that makes sense. The There's just no way of doing it that way. It's just a big pain. That's yeah. All. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, as far as me, it's been a lot of the same stuff. Uh, like I said, Witcher 3, Fortnite had its its holiday stuff. Animal Crossing, there was so much holiday stuff between Toy Day and New Year's. And w- both of those I didn't do to the fullest because it's a, it's a busy time of year anyway. It's unfortunate because it's like the thing you want to play in that game because there's so much to do. But then there's also so much to do in real life. So you don't get to play the game. Uh, mm-hmm. But what I did see was really cool. I got a, all kinds of seasonal outfits and a new New Year's hat and a Santa outfit and all kinds of fun stuff that I have for my character and in, in Animal Crossing. Um, I played a little bit Among Us. That was a lot of fun. I've been playing a little bit of Picklock. I think I would assume I'm almost done because everything I've seen says the game's fairly short. I, I'm guessing I'm getting close. I'm in a, a a tough challenge right now that I can't figure out exactly what I'm supposed to do, but. All in all, still having fun with that. And then the games that I've been playing a lot lately is The Long Dark. That's what I've been streaming. That's uh, outdoor. You're in the snow, survival. You gotta, you gotta do a lot of fires and you know not get not get eaten by wolves and stuff like that. And for the first couple of days of playing it, it was a real struggle. But now I've got quite a stockpile of materials that I'm 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 comfortable. I don't feel like I'm constantly stressing and I'm starting to get sort of the the nuance and sort of the the tempo of the game a little bit where it's not necessarily how do I beat the game, but it's how do I get past each day? You know, what do I got to do today to be able to make it to tomorrow? And that seems like the pacing of the game. You just got to get to the next day and just kind of keep one foot in front of the other keep stepping and now that i've kind of gotten a handful of stockpiles around the map uh i feel more confident before it would be unbearable i'd be running somewhere and it was like just (laughs) always on the edge of death the entire time and now i've got full life full full uh food full water full everything so i'm I'm pretty good. And then the other thing that I've been playing is Feria. I finally fired up Feria. Uh, this is on, it's on Switch, but it's also on, I think uh, I got it on Steam as well. I don't know about other consoles. It's probably on some other consoles as well. And this is a, it's a deck building game, but it's, everything's included. There is DLC uh, that you can buy, but it's not like, um, I don't know, like, other other games where maybe you have to constantly if if you want to play the game if you want to just play the base game you don't feel an obligation to pay more i guess is the way to say it. You, there, there's not new stuff coming out that you are limited to from what the developers have said you you can have a great experience with just even just the base game you don't need to worry about um you know missing out on stuff and this one so far it's it's absolutely gorgeous the game itself is beautiful it's very much like a hearthstone in the sense of it's very vibrant colors even some of the the elements are kind of similar in the way the cards are designed and stuff like that absolutely just gorgeous game and in addition to building the deck it's really kind of cool because they have this 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 tabletop element, this they call it a living uh, board. But essentially what happens is you have mana 
or whatever it's called in this game, but in everything it's called mana, right? So you have this magic that you can use and each round, maybe you get one mana. So if you have a card that costs three, you have to wait three rounds before you can cast it. They also have wells that if you put one of your characters next to, you'll get an additional mana for that round. So you're constantly trying to race to get guys at those wells so that you're your opponent you can get more mana than him so you can play more cards when when your time is up and you have to constantly be placing tiles on the board that are if you're familiar with magic that are like lands so maybe you put a plane down and then you have a mountain and then you have a forest or something Mm -hmm. and certain cards go with those those lands that you're playing so you can only play a card on that land so you have to make sure you play that land and you have to make sure you play the enough the, the right amount of lands to, to be able to afford that card. So there's a lot of strategy involved. It's really, really fun so far. I like the lands a lot. I like the artwork a lot. And uh, I'm having fun with it. I, I've Not only have I started on Switch, I've also started it on Steam because it says that it has cross-platform across all platforms. So I was trying to see if my accounts were linked It doesn't seem to be, which I don't understand why they wouldn't be linked, but I haven't had enough time to really poke around in there and see. But uh, so far, really, really well done. If you're looking for a good card-based deck builder sort of tabletop game, definitely check out Faria. It's, It's a lot of fun. You didn't buy the bird game last week, Michael? I have I not just bought the bird game. <laughs> I, I do want to get it, though, because it's funny. We had a few of our listeners commenting on it in Discord, quite a bit, actually. And initially, I, I showed interest in it. And then a lot of them have been going on about how great the game is. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I, I now need to get this game, apparently. So I will be buying uh, Wingspan uh, at some point soon. And it's funny because... I was just looking for tabletop games as well. And Wingspan keeps coming up in the top tabletop games for the year yeah. as well. So it's it's obviously a, a very well-received game. And here I was thinking mm-hmm. it was just sort of a silly, uh, a silly game that looked interesting to me, but apparently not. It was on my radar because it was actually the physical tabletop game was on my brother's wish list for Christmas. Yeah. 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 The, the, so. the tabletop games... Very well known, apparently. I keep seeing yeah. it on a lot of tabletop, uh, like best ofs. Oh, yeah. that makes sense. I didn't know it was a tabletop game. That makes sense. And it's cool because also Wingspan on Switch is one to five players online, too, which is yeah. the yeah. same as that. So that's cool. I mean, they must have done a good job then. That's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have a couple of people that have been playing it on our on our feed and they said uh like rob is one in particular that's talked about it a couple of times and he has said that the multiplayer he played multiplayer on switch he plays was playing it on switch and he was playing with two people that were playing it on steam and he said everything ran smooth okay. so it's great and i think it has um i can make a move and then somebody can make a move within 24 hours like, oh, wow. You don't have to be sitting there the whole time to play it. So if you wanted to set up a game that you want to play right now, you can do that. But you can also set up a game that you can kind of make your a move when you're one. available, right? Mm. Which I think is nice for games like this because you don't always yeah. have the time to sit there. I don't know how long these games play, but you don't always have the time to sit there and play it, you know, uh, an hour tabletop game or however long it is. So it's nice that you get the option. You just play it at your own pace. Cool. I believe it's on sale at the moment too. I think it's like 10, 20% off. It's like $17 when I think it's normally nice. 20. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll so jump over there. If you pick it up, it. if you pick it up, I'll pick it up and then we can try to do that multiplayer. Yeah, like I'll go. I'll buy it one. today. 
I'll okay. buy it today. Since I'll it's on it sale, today. I'll buy it today. Why not? Yeah. There you go. Boom. Look at that. Why? Because the the physical copy is apparently sold out everywhere and super expensive. So there you go. Yeah, uh, it crazy is expensive. <laughs> it's <is laughs> expensive. Oh, all right. Anything else from the two of you? No, that's it. No. Time to go play some more games. All right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. Let's kick off 2021 with a with a bang. Um, and yeah, let's hope for a great 2021 with awesome games coming out. I know next week what I want to do. I'm assuming it'll be another down week. Um, I definitely want to talk about some of the things we're excited for, or one or two things that we're excited for. If you're excited for some things in 2021, let us know. We'll read them off next week or some things that maybe we missed from 2020. Let us know on our Discord or at NintendoDispatch.com. That's going to do it for this week. So until next time, this has been your Nintendo Dispatch.